Thank you. I just, I've loved seeing the baptisms this morning, Graham. It was lovely to see you get down into that dying and coming back to life again. And same with you, Kirsty. It's such a wonderful thing. It um, reminds me of the day I gave my life to Christ myself. It, like you guys, it took me a while before I realised I needed to be baptised as well. And just thinking about Peter on the day of Pentecost when he got up and preached and when eventually they said, just stop waffling and tell us what we have to do. He said, repent and be baptised. And there's that sense of repent just means to think differently, to change the way you think, to start living for God instead of living for yourself, as well as a sense of sorrow for living selfishly. But then to be baptised to kind of really seal the deal. And both of those things are decisions that we make. I was really struck particularly by Kirsty. She said in her testimony, eventually she's decided that it's best for her when she meets with the people of God and therefore she wants to be baptised. It's a decision. It's the same as living your life for Christ. Even if you feel like you drift into it, there's a point where you think, no, I am a follower of Christ and that is my decision to follow him. But um, just in case you're not aware, there are a lot more decisions to make as you go on because being a follower of Christ, being a disciple, is one decision after the other. It's deciding how you're going to live and make those choices. We saw in the story of saw in the story of Daniel this morning he had choices to make and um, being a Christian is not always a plain sailing it's not always easy please don't let anybody tell you it is but the point is that God is with you in whatever challenges Jessica was just saying this morning the difficult circumstances we're in to know that God is with us the thing is now that you belong to God you don't actually really belong to this world anymore Uh, The Bible says we've been transferred from the domain or the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son. We now belong to Christ. So although we're still here, in one sense we really belong somewhere else. Um, Daniel was like that. He belonged in the kingdom called Judah. But he'd been, again as we saw in the video this morning, he'd been taken captive to Babylon. And the world doesn't always like that. When I say the world, I just mean the way things are done outside of the kingdom of God. The way that the world does things doesn't always fit with the way that God asks us to live. There's a verse, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where Paul is writing to the church in Rome and he says, don't be conformed to the way the world does things. There's a, well, it's going to say a modern translation, but it was written in the 1950s. As I'm a child of the 1950s, I'm going to say that's modern. (laughs) Only just, only just, but uh, by J.B. Phillips. And the words he uses for Romans 12 too is this. He says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mould. We have to live in this world and that's fine. You know, the world's great in many ways. But there are times when the way the world does things conflicts with the way that God asks us to live. Daniel lived in Babylon and he lived there fine. He prospered. You know, he, in some senses, he fitted in, okay, and he was elevated and promoted. But there came a time when things he was being asked to do or even commanded to do, he couldn't because it conflicted with what he knew God would want him to do. We've seen the, the video of Daniel this morning and, of course, many of you will know we've been having a series of looking at the story of Daniel, particularly in the first six chapters of the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And Paul's video this morning 
really helpfully told the story so I don't need to. If you're listening to this as a recording or watching a video and you didn't see Paul's video earlier, then I want to tell you to go to YouTube and search for side door animations. You should find it. There's a, in fact, there's a whole bunch of videos there. So if you enjoyed that one, there's some more to enjoy. Just to get a, a, an idea of what I'm talking about in this story of Daniel, if you want to read it, it's in Daniel chapter 6. So Daniel's been carted off to Babylon. It's not where he belongs. He belongs in the kingdom of Judah. He is an exile. He's been exiled from his country of origin. And in a sense, we too have been, or we live as exiles. We belong in the kingdom of God, but he's not come to take us yet. <laughs> so we live here in the kingdom of this world. And I want to read to you from 1 Peter chapter 2. We'll put that scripture up, I think. 1 Peter chapter 2, and I'm just going to read verses 11 and 12. And this is taken from the New International Version. So Peter writes this, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles. Now he's actually writing to people who have been kind of displaced from, the, from Israel. They're in all sorts of places around the Roman Empire. So in a sense they are actual exiles. But they're also exiles in the sense that they don't belong, as we don't belong in this world. And in verse 12 he says this, Live such good lives among the pagans or the non-believers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. It's exactly Daniel's experience. He was seeking to live an honourable and honest life even though he'd been carted off to Babylon. He as this scripture encourages us, he and we have to decide how we're going to live our lives and seek to live godly lives. Jesus, being a Christian, isn't just believing what Jesus said. In fact, Jesus himself said that it's not just hearing my words, but it's actually putting them into practice. There's a picture in the Bible about a person who built his house upon sand or a house with no foundations and when the floods come, when the trials come, the difficulties come, Jessica was talking about the house is washed away. But rather we should build our house on a foundation and we are like those people who build our house on a foundation if we don't just hear the words of God but we put them into practice. And this is what Daniel was trying to do and this is what we are seeking to do as well. And it's not always easy when you try and live for God, I don't know if you've discovered this, some people aren't very keen on that. They're, you're a goody two-shoes or all whatever it is. Um, and in Daniel's story in particular, they scheme to bring him down. And they bamboozle the king, Darius, into making this crazy proclamation that you can worship nobody except him, the king. And Daniel then has this choice to make. And we'll just look at this verse in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, I think it is. Yeah, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So he wasn't suddenly doing something different. 
he was just carrying on with his um, habit of worshipping and praying to his God. He didn't make a big song and dance about it. He didn't complain or protest, but he continued living a godly life. He decided to continue to live honorably and honestly and to trust God for the consequences. In the story, we see what happens. It seems a little bit extreme to throw somebody into a den of lions. There you go. I'm glad that's not a punishment meted out these days. RSPCA would probably complain anyway. Um, but he was protected. And God looked after him. Um, I think the video that Paul did is, is pretty accurate on the whole. <laughs> I'm not sure about the Wensleydale cheese. I'm not sure. I mean, I love Wensleydale cheese and a couple of crackers, but... Um, Anyway, um, I'm sure those lions were hung hungry, whatever they've been eating, and yet they were protected. But the Bible doesn't promise that every time we get into a sticky situation, we'll come out fine. You know, there are plenty of other stories in the Bible where godly people come a cropper, if I can put it in those ways. I love, earlier in, in Daniel, and I think it was Richard that preached on this a few weeks ago, when, I think it's in Daniel 3, where we have the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No lion's den. Well, this is the Babylonians. They don't have lion den. They have fiery furnaces. And these guys are going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Let's just remind ourselves of what these three fellows said when they were about to be thrown to the furnace. So this is back into Daniel 3. And I'm going to read verses 17 and 18. So they're before the king who's actually livid that they're not worshipping his golden statue and this is their confession if we are thrown into the blazing furnace the God we serve is able to deliver us from it and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand speaking to the king but even if he does not we want you to know your majesty that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up to me, that is real faith. That is faith. I have faith in a God that can deliver me, and I'm going to trust that he will. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, I'm not going to bow the knee. I'm not going to let the world squeeze me into its mold. I'm going to live a godly life. I'm going to, by the strength of, the God, of God within me, I'm going to... Yeah, follow God and be his disciple and do what he asks me to do. We're not threatened with dens of lions or fiery furnaces, but, you know, sometimes just dying of embarrassment can feel as difficult or, you know, not being liked, whatever it might be. It feels a bit pathetic compared to being faced with a, Lions, but there are times when we are tempted to back off and back down because we're scared of what might happen to us. Daniel had that, and he, I'm sure he thought about what his response would be, but he chose to carry on worshipping his God. And we could think of lots of different qualities we might label for Daniel, and the two that 
strike me are that he was a man of integrity and that he was a man of faith. He was a man of integrity and he was a man of faith. In Daniel chapter 6, later on, 22 to 23, after he's been rescued from the lion's den, he's been released and he's speaking to Darius, he says this, My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done anything wrong before you, your majesty. He kept his integrity. The king was actually overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. He had trusted God. He was a man of faith. He continued in integrity and he had faith. And as disciples of Christ, those are the decisions that we face every day. How are we going to live? Are we going to be people of integrity? Are we going to be people of faith? I went to Scarborough and I bought some Scarborough rock. I was in Scarborough and I went into a shop that was in Scarborough and I found some rock that was labelled Scarborough rock. In fact, there was even a little photograph of Scarborough on the Scarborough rock. And when I looked at the end of the rock, it actually said Scarborough on the rock. And when I turned it upside down, it said, well, it said Scarborough back to front, but it still said Scarborough on the rock. So I knew, without a shadow of a doubt, I had some Scarborough rock. Mission accomplished. Later, I unwrapped the Scarborough rock and broke it in half. It said Blackpool. It said Blackpool. That was not a stick of rock of integrity. <laughs> Definitely not. Being a stick of rock, sorry, being a person of integrity means that you are the same on the inside as you are on the outside. I know there's many ways of defining integrity. But Daniel through and through was a God follower, a God worshipper. And even when he was put under pressure to be something else, he stuck to his guns, he accepted there might be consequences, and yet he decided to follow God and be true to him. Let's be who we are. I mean, time's running out. I could list a whole bunch of things about who we are, but we are followers of Christ. Kirsty and Graham have demonstrated this, that this morning, that as followers of Christ, they've been obedient to be baptised. We are followers of Christ. We are his disciples. We are his apprentices. What he said this morning, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's own son. So we are no longer citizens of the world. We are citizens of heaven or the kingdom of God. And we know that we are beloved children, beloved daughters, beloved sons of our God. That's who we are. That's what's written through the middle of us. Let's be that. Let's be those people of integrity and live what we confess. And then whatever happens, let's trust God for the consequences, whether he delivers us or not. Integrity and faith. I would sum it up like this. Let's be true to who we are 
and trust God to be who he is. Keep going in your walk with God. Graham, Kirsty, everybody in this room, every God follower in here, keep going in your work with God, uh, walk with God. Don't give up. Decide to live for him every day. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold because you are a follower of Christ. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You are a beloved child of God. Always be true to who you are and trust God to be who he is. Thank you for listening.